0: Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen.
1: I'm Mel.
2: I'm Janet. And I'm Matt.
3: At the time of this recording, the holidays and gifty season are coming up, and the elephant in the room seems to be the economy. All year, we heard whispers of a recession, and in recent months, we've seen news of layoffs and staggering numbers. With many of our friends still working in corporate, we've seen how this has affected the ones close to us. If you're impacted, we are so sorry and hope that you'll stay strong as you find your next opportunity. And we are not feeling your best, remember, it's okay to receive and ask for support.
1: Before we introduce today's guest, here's some important context. Given recent and current events, we wanted to invite someone who'd lost their job during the recent layoffs. However, we realized non-disparagement clauses are often folded into severance packages and we didn't want to accidentally put anyone at risk of not being eligible for their full package. For anyone who's never heard of non-disparagement clauses or aren't sure what they are, non-disparagement clauses are written into contracts, for example, at hiring or in separation agreements to prevent the employee from speaking ill of their current or former employer. In the case of the latter, companies will make signing the non-disparagement clause a condition of getting your severance, money, and or benefits. So
0: we thought, what's another valuable perspective? The person on the other side of the table or Zoom call today's guest is matt ogawa he is the vice president of human resources at meta inc aka facebook where his team focuses on organizational design talent management and leadership coaching he is also involved in many facets of the larger asian pacific islander community and is the executive advisor for the meta api resource group now we've all heard about the large amount Of layoffs that are currently happening in the tech industry. By interviewing Matt, we hope to share some context that could perhaps provide some insight for those who have lost their jobs and helpful advice as you find your footing and regain a sense of security again. So without further ado, welcome Matt.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for being here. Matt is actually one of our very good friends and honestly, one of the best people that we know you're so (laughs) so kind and such a thoughtful person that a lot of people would be surprised that you're sort of on the other side of the table carrying out some of these layoffs Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i mean i haven't talked to you personally about this topic yet other than sending you a message saying that i hope you're okay so i hope you are okay um and just know that we really appreciate you coming on to this episode to share your experience here yeah of Mm -hmm. course So to jump into our first question, we would love to just understand how did the company decide who to let go? If you can answer that. And what was and has been the reasoning for these mass layoffs within the tech industry?
2: Yeah, I think, um, so just to to put it out there, a couple of things um, I wanted to say before we jump in is one is, um, you know, a lot of what I'm going to share is some of it is my personal opinion. Some of it is, you know, my experience. I've done HR for, I don't know, A long time, and so um, fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, I've been through layoffs many times on both sides. Um, I've had Mm. my role impacted. Um, I've been on this side of it a lot. But um, to answer your question, you know, from a meta perspective, there's a lot. um, Sort of disclaimer I'll put out there. First of all, is um, there's some stuff that we can't share, and that's more just to protect the actual employees that were impacted. So, for example, if I were to say, well, we we impacted everybody that was wearing a blue shirt. Um, mm. You know, some people may not want others to know that they're wearing a blue shirt. And so um, we don't want to identify the information for them. But um, as with anything, layoffs is a very, in, is, in terms of my experience, in-depth process that involves a lot of people, um, whether it be a lawyer, whether it be an HR person, whether it be a leader, to really look at a lot of different um, things. So um, we looked at as with any company, it's sort of standard process. You look look at a list of criteria. Um, Not everybody will fit all of those criteria, which is okay. But what the criteria does is it ensures that you're following sort of a consistent look across the board and that Mm. you're not um, leaders or whoever's in charge at whatever whatever the process is, aren't going off and making decisions in a bubble and doing whatever they want. So, for example... if I'm a leader and I've got this criteria to go off of, I'm ensuring that I'm going to use the same criteria as the person sitting next to me. And I'm not just deciding, oh, it's going to be these three things and you're going to choose those three things. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the case that I was just in, Meta decided on a list of criteria that we felt was right based on the on the business needs um, and then kind of went started there and then kind of iterated off of that.
3: Mm, this is so actually very insightful because it makes, it makes sense because that way if everyone's following the same, I guess, like uh, I don't say prerequisites for like, I guess, different needs. That way you, you, you kind of ensure that one same manager isn't going like totally off the charts and just kind of, I guess, like letting go people based on personal opinions or whatnot. So it's really good to hear that. I guess companies have like a, a standard they go by.
0: Yeah. yeah. Can, is it more also just um, a result of overhiring across the tech industry and then needing to, I guess, lay off a certain amount of people, whether for budgeting purposes or mm-hmm. forecasting or whatever it is, and then needing to formulate this criteria to see maybe even a more narrow criteria than it was before so that you consistently lay off like a certain percentage of people just because you had to narrow that down a bit?
2: Yeah, it's um it's a good question. I think especially in the tech industry now, it's sort of everything that you just said. There's um there's people that probably overhired, there's people where um there might be a product or a feature of a product that they're not working on anymore, so they don't really need mm-hmm. those people and they don't necessarily the role might not be fungible or the role um and, and I should probably say what that means. Fungible means that um a person in that role could do any other role. So if I'm a software engineer here, I could be a software engineer there. But oftentimes what happens, um, especially now with how big Silicon Valley is, is you might have an engineer that works on a very specific thing and that thing is not needed anymore and you don't have anywhere to put that person. Um, so mm-hmm. rather than make work up for them to do, a company may decide that they um, want to eliminate the role um, and therefore that's when, in, the, in that example where a layoff may take place there. Um, but to kind of answer your other question, it is a lot of things. It, it could be over hiring. It could be the finance piece of it. Um, the company's not making enough money. It could be that, um, as I said before, that that there's a project or a a feature that's being deprecated that people aren't needing to work on anymore. Or it could literally just be that, um, there's a change in strategy. Um, I've worked at companies before where, you know, there, there was a big, I worked in retail, my job right before Meta. And at one point, there was going to be this big push towards, um, like an online presence and not so much emphasis on like brick and mortar stores, mm-hmm. which means you then don't need all those people focused on brick and mortar stores anymore because the companies change direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Got it. And um, I guess for layoffs, like how were they conducted? Um, I know things probably have changed with, you know, the COVID situation. Like do you guys usually conduct them like in person via email, zoom, like I guess what is a protocol?
2: Yeah, it's um, I've done it. You know, 50 different ways, um, with this most recent one and all this information. Um, Mark actually, our CEO did a, a post publicly, um, and on, on our website kind of walking through what it was going to look like, um, in, because, you know, the company wanted to be very transparent. We did our uh, notifications via email, um, very early in the morning. So the day before, um, the day before it all happened, uh, there was a company announcement that there were going to be layoffs, um, the next, you know, within the next day. Um, and so sort of be checking your email by X time. Um, and then emails went out and first wave of emails were that your role has been impacted and here's sort of what the company can do for you and what you know what your severance package is going to look like. And then there's another email that you know for the people whose role was not impacted. Um, and so that's how we did that um, From the email. Um, I know a lot of people might say, wow, that seems insensitive to send an email. I think what we wanted mm-hmm. to do, given the number of people that mm-hmm. um, were impacted, we don't want people to have to wait. Uh, and, and this is pretty normal. Um, I've, I've had to do this before in other companies is you don't want to tell someone that there's going to be layoffs and then have them wait like a week or even a day to just be wondering, mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. gosh, is my role impacted? Um, but in, in our case, um, and what our CEO said you know, publicly is, we are notifying people via email but if somebody wants to talk to someone in person they can do that um, by scheduling time with someone after the fact but then it's up to them and they can be very clear on what questions they have um, and then and then the conversation can be more focused on them and again to put in my personal opinion and also having gone through this myself is sometimes in the moment talking to someone it's hard because you're processing so much you don't know what questions you have until maybe 24 hours later when you've read through things or you've talked to your peers or you've talked to other folks so um, it really just depends on um, on the situation but that's what we did for ours Mm.
0: I would assume that after that email is sent out yes it's the quickest way to sort of notify everyone but I'm assuming that every single person is gonna look towards someone like you Matt to be like hey what's going on Mm. so did your inbox get basically the message was forwarded back to you and to say, hey, Matt, let's set up some time and you get all those emails back to you and you have to set up time to talk to them?
2: No, actually, and um, I would say any time I've done a layoff, whether it be people being notified by email or I've had situations where I've even had to actually tell someone that their role was eliminated um, and the number of times where I sort of get a follow-up, you know, question, ping, email, whatever it might be, is actually fairly low. Um, and I think that has to do with the messaging that's out there is, um, you know, companies are pretty, usually pretty clear. This is a final decision. Uh, well actually just in the U S because it's different in other countries, but in the U S it is a final decision In other countries, they have what's called a consultation where you're notified that your role may be eliminated, but there's actually a discussion that happens. But Mm -hmm. I think when people go into it, knowing that it's a final decision, they get the business context of why, um, then, you know, it, it. Oftentimes they don't like it, but it makes sense to them. And then they quickly Mm. move to, you know, what does my severance package look like? What does, you know, how how much longer am I going to be employed? All that kind of stuff, benefits, questions, that sort Mm. sort of thing.
1: And is that, are those details usually described um, or discussed in a follow-up meeting or is it given through that same email?
2: Most companies will do both Mm. where um, they'll detail it in an email and then they'll, honestly though, again, when I've been on the other side of things, it's a lot of legalese that mm-hmm. um, I'm like, okay, half of this doesn't make sense. So, um, you know, a lot of people do offer the conversation afterwards just so they can sort of, I'm using air quotes, but translate what mm-hmm. what act, what act that I actually means.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the thinking behind that. I think when you come from the perspective of someone who sat on both sides of the table, it's really helpful to understand why an email on the surface might sound like it's kind of cold, but um, it mm-hmm. actually is saving kind of wasted time for the individual.
2: Yeah. And and I'll add, you know, there's been other other companies that have done group notifications, whether it be mm-hmm. in person or over Zoom, right? Where you you know you you might log to a Zoom with 15 other people and people might not be prepared for others to know that they were impacted. And mm. so we really wanted to go. Uh, and, and actually mm. most companies will want to go for privacy mm. um, and letting you process on your own time with the information you need. And then a follow-up after that.
0: Mm. Yeah. I see. Oof. Mm. That's tough. Oof. What I'm like, what would I do yeah. if I got that email of like layoffs are coming and those 24 hours out, my mind would just be swirling. Mm. And then right after you lay, you know, they get the layoff email, you, does does your company escort them out basically within like 24 hours to make sure there's no ruckus that follows for any disgruntled employees?
2: Yeah, I've seen it happen that way. Um, at other, I mean, the thing right now with COVID is, you know, so many people are working from home anyway. Um, mm-hmm. In our situation, emails went out before 7 a.m. your local time. So it was before most people had gone into the office anyway. Um, mm. And But yeah, I, I mean, I think Wait, to your point, Helen, what you want to do is have the shortest amount of time between people find out about, oh, these are coming, and then when you actually find out about what if you were impacted or not.
1: Mm. Well, thank you for sharing those details, Matt. Um, looking now back in hindsight through – I mean, you've shared you've been through a number of layoffs, but for this particular one – is there anything that you would have done differently, um, especially as you said, you've been very open about putting yourself out there to be a resource for anyone. But that probably is a two way street. And I'm, sh- I'm sure you've received a lot of feedback and read messages from people who are impacted. After all of this, is there anything that you would have done differently?
2: No, I think you know, I think the thing is um, and what I always feel good about um, when I work on a project like this, which is not a fun project. Is that um, what you what you want to do is make sure that you're very clear on what you're principled on, um, and keeping in mind you you already know people are not going to be happy with the situation because it's mm-hmm. not about it's not just about losing your job, right? It's about walking away from a company that you may have loved. It's walking away from friends you've made and you know you've become close to, and and you're now friends outside of work as well. So um, so you already know that's going to happen, and, and in some cases, I would say. There's not a lot of ways to avoid someone being upset about those things. Um, but if you come up with a process that's very principled, very consistent, very clear, and very transparent, um, which I feel was the case, then you, you end up with a majority of people who understand the reasoning behind it. Um, and I don't think, again, this is, it's such a hard topic that I don't think there's, any situation where a hundred percent of the people will walk away from it feeling like this was great. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just because it's such Mm -hmm. a hard thing to go through.
0: Yeah. I think a question that people who have gotten laid off in the past and perhaps yourself as well um, would have, and I know I would have this question too, is to understand how early do companies tend to know that layoffs are in the pipeline?
2: Yeah. Um, It's super hard. Um, I know, you know, I've been in situations where we knew six months ahead of time, and then I've been in situations where we knew four weeks ahead of time. Um, and there's no, I mean, it really can depend on what the company what the company's going through, major things that happen out in the industry or in the business climate. Um, so there, I would say, literally, if you were to ask me, like, what's the average amount of time that I've experienced? I wouldn't have an answer for you because it's been all over the board. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's important that um companies really take their time and in all the companies I've been with um or worked with I've also had to do this for some small businesses or nonprofits um not only sort of corporate america and I think as long as I feel as though people really put employees first they're very clear again about the the reasons behind the why and they're very clear about what what um impacted folks can expect mm-hmm. then um then I think that's the best you can do within whatever the time frame, because sometimes you don't have a lot of time. Um, and I know that's a question a lot of impacted employees ask, right? Like, well, how long did you know about this and and not mm-hmm. tell me? Oftentimes, it's not long at all. Um, mm-hmm. And again, to to what we were discussing earlier, it's like if you automatically went out there and said, oh, we may be doing layoffs. Um, well, one, you may not end up having to do them, and you worried everybody for nothing. But then, too, it could just be months, weeks, days, whatever, of waiting and and being scared. And it makes it hard to focus on doing anything, really. Not even just your job, but I think in your personal lives, too.
3: Mm. I have a question that follows up what you just said. Because this is something I'm curious about. Um, Why aren't employees usually given more of a heads up? Because I know a lot of them want to prepare, like – you know, for the worst case scenario to like look for another job to make sure they have financial stability to provide for their family. So like, yeah, why isn't there a heads up for that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, I think um, especially in California and some of the other states in the country, they try to give um, what's called like a warn, uh, warn, like a warning notice where mm-hmm. um, that's sort of the way of saying your role's been impacted, but you're still going to be on payroll as an employee, but you're not expected to work. That is your time to just look for another job You know, I did this, we did this in our, the layoff that I was just part of. We did this at every other company I've been. And that's sort of the way um, of, because you could A, either say, hey, this is coming um, and your role may be impacted, or you can just tell someone your role is impacted, but we're going to give you, you know, a couple months to, to, you don't have to work. You're still on payroll. You're still going to get benefits. And that's your time to just focus on getting another role. Um, And actually, a lot of states have mandated that companies do that. Um, so that's mm-hmm. why we have what's called the war notice, and that sort of takes place of the, oh, we might be doing this because sometimes you just don't know yet whose role is going to be impacted.
1: Got it. And Matt, what would you say was the most difficult part of conducting these layoffs for you? And as a follow-up question, is there one particular layoff that you've had to handle that sticks out in your memory as being extra challenging, and and why was that?
2: Yeah. Um, great question. I think I think for me, um, it's just. It's tough when you think about this because at the end of the day, you know, if I pull people's names out of it, it it comes down to running a business, right? Any business has to has to do it. But when you add names to it, it's just hard. And when you think about um you know, anytime I've been at a company where I've heard the word layoff, I automatically start picturing like all my friends' faces like mm-hmm. oh my gosh, is it going to be them? Is it going to be me? Cuz you just don't know, right? Um mm-hmm. And in particular, there was one, um, this is years ago where um, I, before I was in HR, I used to be um, in, in a sort of analytics role
1: um,
2: and then went into HR and I was HR for the team that I used to be on. And then we did a layoff and I had to run that layoff knowing pretty much everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really have to pull out your bias and make sure that you're looking at things mm-hmm. Again, you know, through the lens of criteria, not through the lens of like, oh, my gosh, that's my best friend. Um, mm. But again, as tough as that was in that situation, ensuring that I knew that the people were going to be taken care of and have the resources they need, I think it helped make it a little bit better, although it was just a horrible experience. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you just you don't sleep, right? Because mm. you're thinking about, oh, my gosh, am I going to have to sit across from my friend and tell them that they no longer have a role and by the way they're probably going to be like why didn't you tell me sooner you know yeah. it's like mm. well i can't because i don't know or you know it's, it's it was a it was a tough situation but um, you you learn from it and and you you move on
0: that's hard yeah you have to be like a rock to have this job matt yeah very <laughs> stable
2: yeah i i asked someone that when i was moving into hr um and i said you know what's the number one skill for someone not in HR to move into HR. And they told me, um, they named a couple, but one of them was being able to compartmentalize um, Mm -hmm. and and know that something isn't a personal decision, but um, it's anchored on, you know, whatever the thing is anchored on. Um, And to be able to know in your mind that something might be happening at your company and then walk down the halls every day, you know, and smile at people and and talk Mm -hmm. to them as if, as if it's not. Um, and that's, you know, um, it's a skill, it's a muscle I've been working on ever since I moved into HR.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That seems like a really difficult muscle to just challenge and exercise. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't agree with the company's
2: layoff and you've still had to conduct that layoff? I have not. Um, I, I would say, um, as a human, I, I never agree with it, but, you know, it's like, I don't care that we're not making money. I don't care that we've, we've deprecated that right. product. I want to keep everybody. Um, but I think that's just me.
0: <laughs> wow. So the fact that you are that type of a person, someone who is very empathetic and cares about people so much, you coupled with that skill of being able to compartmentalize, it's like the perfect person for an HR, like VP. <laughs> This is the perfect role for you. Wow. Hopefully. <laughs> Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now. And that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand.
2: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Well, you recently posted about the meta layoffs on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. And you said, quote... Whenever something like this happens, I try to put myself into the shoes of those that are directly impacted. As an Asian American, it's not lost on me that navigating this type of situation has cultural challenges. Asking for help can be hard. Talking to family can be hard. Professional uncertainty can be hard. It's not that others don't feel some or all of these things, but it can hit differently when you're raised within our culture. I will just say that I so appreciate, oh, sorry, end quote, I will just say <laughs> that I so appreciate that you put this sort of message out there. Um, and we can definitely feel your empathy in that messaging too. I mean, for you, have you ever had to navigate tough conversations like your employment status with your own family?
2: Yeah. Um, fortunately, when, when my role was impacted years ago, um, I had actually I was actually able to find another job pretty quickly. By total chance. Um, but I was worried about it. And I was worried about it for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, we live in an age where I think when our parents were in the workforce, layoffs looked different. It wasn't as, I don't think it was as common as it is now, just the way that the economy is. Mm-hmm. And then I think being Asian, and this probably goes for anybody, but this comes up a lot when we talk about mental health with Asians as well. It's like, it's a concept they don't, you know, our parents. Or immigrant parents maybe don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to really think about okay, how am I going to explain, as one example, the difference between a layoff and being fired, because mm. they're two very different things. But I think the fear that some of us have is that our parents see it as the same thing. And so I mm. failed because I did something wrong. Any any parent is going to worry about their child, but I think you know when it comes to your profession and your being able to support yourself or your family or whoever it is. Um, first off, they're worried, right? And then, second, they don't understand what all this, all these words mean, you know, all these American words. And so, um, I think it's figuring out how to translate that and explain it to them in a way that they'll understand. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, letting them know, which again isn't always, always hard, that it's, it's probably more, more common these days than it was, you know, even 20 years ago. I did a talk not too long ago um, for a group of Asian Americans and we were all sitting in the room. And I just, I started off by asking, like raise your hand if you've ever been, um, your role's ever been impacted or or was at risk of being impacted at your company. And okay. more than half the room raised their hand. And if I were to ask that question, you know, 20 years ago, it would have been a fraction of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, I think it's just the way that things work, right? especially in Silicon Valley such a startup culture and like mm. all these ideas pop up and then not all of them take, it's just, it's, it's, it's sort of tough.
0: Mm. Yeah. Can you actually help us distinguish the difference between layoffs and, um, getting fired? Cause I actually don't think I know the difference. Yeah.
2: So, um, typically when you're fired or, you know, what a company will say terminated, you're terminated. It means that, um, it's something where you violated policy, where you've, um, very low consistent performance and it's when you've been terminated involuntarily, meaning it, you know, you you violated something, like I mm-hmm. mentioned before. A layoff is different, and that, um, you know, in in the, in a lot of companies, you're what's called an at will employee, where um, you you could be technically terminated for anything, um, but most companies aren't just going to terminate you because you walked in the door that day. But a layoff means that the role actually isn't needed anymore or the function mm-hmm. is, doesn't need to be done anymore. And so um, it has really usually nothing to do with performance. You haven't violated any anything. And that's why a company will provide some sort of severance for that or payment back to you um, because it does appreciate what you've done for the company and all the work that you've done. When you're fired, mm-hmm. you're not going to get any type of, of – typically not mm-hmm. going to get any type of payment or severance or benefits coverage or things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: okay.
0: Did not know that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Good to
3: know. I understand like the – pressures I think Asian Americans might feel to kind of I guess share express they got laid off because I even like in I think all of us relate to when you're at, at the family gatherings all, everyone's always asking like what do you do for work? How's your job like the identity is so tied um, to you and I'll be honest like my family's in the Bay Area so I feel like even there's so much even more pride when you say you work for a tech company. Mm-hmm. So imagine being let go it's gonna be like that's gonna be so difficult. Do you have any tips for our listeners to kind of like um, how would you go about that conversation with your family to share the news of being laid off?
2: Yeah, it's a huge pressure. I think mm-hmm. um, what I try to tell people is um, if you if you really need to, I mean, and this kind of goes without saying, but like if, if folks need to, you know, avoid <laughs> avoid family when you get no um, is try <laughs> to give yourself space until you're at a place where you can actually. Talk about it. And I feel like sometimes what what I hear from people when they tell me that they're having problems thinking about how they're going to bring this up to their family, it's actually because they're they're not yet sitting well with it, and they probably need some more time to process and think through um, what this means for them. So I, I I say give yourself some time to think through and really whether it's journaling it, whether it's talking it out with a friend or a mentor, really thinking through what you know what this means for you and how you want to mm-hmm. discuss it. The second thing I think is, um, it is explaining the difference. Like I wasn't, you know, you can tell family I wasn't fired because I'm not good at my job. Um, my role was eliminated because it's not needed anymore, but, um, you know, and and this happened to a large fraction of, you know, XYZ company. Um, but I'm okay. I have the resources that I, that I, that I still have. Mm. And, and on that point, I actually just spoke to, um, a woman who was, she's Asian American, um, second generation was was um, impacted um, at another company and she said she was so afraid of having this conversation with her parents who st- who now have recently moved back overseas um, because they're going to think like she failed and um, she said she wrote to them first to kind of like mm. give the initial mm. blow and then said but i want to talk to you about what this means afterwards um, and then that's where she sort of explained, I want, I wasn't fired because I wasn't doing a good job at my job. My role was eliminated because the company didn't need this type of role anymore, but I'm okay. And here's why.
1: Um, mm. because
2: the third thing I think is to have a plan. And I think, um, a lot of people, when they go through this, um, you can sort of, it's tough. It's really hard and you can sort of sit there and, um, so, someone said once, uh, "I'm living in in pity city," but at some point you you want to move on, and I don't mean that to be insensitive or to say just go find another job, but have a plan, right? Like start to map out. Okay, like strategically thinking about how much, pay, like how much can I afford to relax or process? When do I need to start looking for a job? Who are my networks? How am I going to get out there? I'm going to start putting myself out there, um, and have a plan in place. Even just starting to put your pen to paper on what that plan is going to be can be actually pretty liberating, I think, in in order to help the wheels uh, of motion in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think just for people's own self, last thing I'll say, I know it's a long answer, is um, not to be hard on yourself. Because I think a lot of people take it very personally Mm -hmm. um, when they feel like their role has been eliminated. And I, I always want people to know you're not alone. A lot of people are going through this. It's um, including people that still have a role um, because they're still managing through loss, and um, and that there's a lot of people out there willing to help in these times. Um, and I know that's another hard thing for for us sometimes too as Asian Americans is is people sometimes don't know that they that you need help until you ask for it. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that, Matt. That was actually, you had, there are a lot of pieces to what you said that I think were incredibly insightful. Um, One of the main things that stood out to me is, you know, you don't have to do it in person that you can do it over writing. And that's something that we've had a couple of different conversations around navigating challenging conversations with your parents, no matter what the topic is. For some people getting their thoughts down on paper or having it there is a better, they you know, they might feel like they can do the topic more justice with that as a first round. Mm-hmm. So that's a great tip. Um, and along the lines of what you're saying in terms of asking for support, uh, in the same LinkedIn post uh, with the, the messaging that you shared before, you also added, quote, to any of my metamates out there and especially APIs, if there is anything I can do to help, please let me know. I see you and I know you've all got it in you to land on your feet, end quote. We, as you had kind of started sharing, know that for the Asian American community, asking for help can be hard, um, especially if the person they reach out to is more senior and perhaps someone they didn't get much face time with um, earlier in their career. What are your thoughts on that and tips for overcoming any anxiety around asking for help and also how to go about reaching out?
2: Yeah, it's a really great question. And if I if I could turn back the hands of time and think about what I would tell my You know, 20 year ago, self, it would be that asking for help is one. It's not a sign of failure, and it's um, it's actually not that hard to do once you do it. And um, sitting on the side of the of the table that I sit on, I know how many people, just how many people are willing to take those calls, LinkedIn requests, emails, Instagram, like whatever, um, to help because a lot of people want to help because, especially those like I wrote that on my LinkedIn because. I grew up in an Asian household with an Asian culture, and I know what it's like, and I know how hard it is for myself to ask for help. And so I wanted to just open the door to say, I know it's hard, but ask me, and you know, I'm, I'm happy to help wherever I can. Um, in the absence of that, though, I think people need to give themselves the credit they deserve. People have you know, worked really hard in school. They've worked really hard to interview. They've worked really hard to get a job. Um, and they owe it to themselves to be able to ask for help in times like this, where where I think, um, you know, they didn't ask for a layoff, um, but they've worked really hard to get where they are. And um, this is just part of someone's career and their journey is um, to put that fear aside or maybe just like own that fear and put themselves out there and say, I need help. Um, I would love thoughts on doing this. Um, and, you know, the way the world has a funny way of working and things come full circle. And I, I honestly believe that, You put things out there, things will come back to you, and that so many people are are open to having those conversations without expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. Because I know for me that was always like, I don't have anything to offer this person, but I'm asking them for help. That's that's totally fine. I think Mm -hmm. um, it 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 all comes out in the wash.
1: (laughs) Yeah, most likely that person has you know someone else has given them the time and that advice, so it's kind of like potentially their way of paying back for what they've gained in their career.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Of course.
1: If you put yourself in the shoes of someone
0: who was just laid off and they're interviewing for a new role, how should they speak to past layoffs during their job search without it negatively impacting a potential employer's perception of them? I mean, is it something that you would bring up at all?
2: I would. um, I would Mm. put it out there for a couple of reasons. One is sometimes employers can tell because they can look at a resume and, and be like, why did this person stop working right there? And as as an employer, I'm going to want I'd rather have them say my role was eliminated. The thing that's the thing I would say not to do is um a couple of years ago, uh I interviewed uh, a candidate who had recently been laid off and it was for a role not on my team but on a on a on a, a parallel team. And the person spent like 20 minutes bashing their company mm. about like I'm so, you know, pissed off that I was laid off and this they should have done this, they should have done that. And look, Maybe they should have. I don't know where that person came from, and I know that I don't know that person's story. But when you flip it and you hear other people say, uh, "My role was eliminated, and here's what I did instead," um, I, you know, kind of talked about this earlier. I put a plan together. I reached out to these three people. Um, I made sure that I was still, you know, brushing up on my skills or, you know, whatever it has, working on some side projects. I recently talked to someone who was had their role impacted, and they said, "So I'm not I'm no longer doing this thing for my former company, but I am putting myself out there um, on LinkedIn to offer maybe some free consulting in what I do um, for project management to nonprofits or arts organizations, just to make sure that I'm still developing and growing." That to me stands out far more about a response how a responsible mindset fits within um, uh, an interview environment. Versus the other, which is like, oh, I was laid off and it was a horrible experience. I would say if it was a horrible experience and the person's upset about it, that's okay. But probably not bring it up in the interview then.
0: <laughs> this is extremely helpful. Very good advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, obviously, don't. But sometimes you got to tell people, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes,
2: um, especially for people, and I, I think this happens with APIs, too, is like we hold stuff in until we're give, like someone opens the door for us. And no, no. I do I think sometimes like interviews, especially, and this, I think this happens when I interview people that are Asian, like they automatically walk in with like this level of comfort, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm you know? um, <laughs> I see you, you Asian. Yeah, exactly, I'm Asian too. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know this person, you know that person. And then, but you sometimes can get too comfortable and I think overshare mm. in a way that um, actually doesn't make yourself look good. Mm. Um, and so I think you have to be thoughtful about it, but I do think that, um, especially, it's um, it's if if somebody says that their role was eliminated, and here's what I do, it shows me that they weren't afraid to manage that. Um, mm-hmm. shows me the the responsibility they're taking for owning it. Shows me that they're mm. upfront and transparent. Um, and mm-hmm. they didn't leave me to guess or wonder why there was like a break in service or an empty space on the resume. Mm. Um, so I I personally really appreciate that. Mm.
3: Very yeah, good that's advice. A great
2: perspective.
3: <laughs> yeah. So speaking of advice, we actually asked our listeners for like. Hey, do you have any questions for someone who works in HR, has gone through the, the you know, layoff process? And one question that came in, which is very good, it was, how to negotiate a severance package? You know, what does a typical, quote unquote, good severance package look like in Silicon Valley?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, and I would say this question actually comes up a lot, even w- not in, during times of, of layoffs out in mm-hmm. the industry. Um, and I think one thing is, is people tend to look at, some people can tend to look at severance packages like an offer. Um, you know, which, which is totally, ne- you, you negotiate salary or bonus or sign on or, or whatever it might be. Um, severance is different than that. Um, and it's usually a set amount. And normally in a, in a letter, it will say, this is what's being given to you by the company. And, um, because it is a legal document, um, it's not up for negotiation. And one of the reasons, especially I I would say the larger the company you're at, one of the reasons for that is um, if there's a severance package that's put out there and all of a sudden everybody's negotiating, what happens if, Mel, you walk away with like six months of severance and then Helen only walks away with two, but you've both negotiated? Like now we've handled you guys completely um, um, inconsistently and Mm -hmm. it, it puts not fair to you. Um, And it puts the company at risk for doing something. So um, typically what the company does is they will um, look at what they are legally supposed to give someone based on whatever state or country they're in. Um, And if they have the means to do so, um, I can't speak for a startup because I've never worked there, but or, you know, even um, some of the smaller nonprofits, if they have the means to do so, especially for those larger firms, I think they'll just try to go above that um, so to, to show extra care for their employees that are impacted. Mm,
1: it's very, it. very good to know that um, there's no room to budge on that. So probably good to not ask because it's a yeah, and, issue. yeah and,
2: and And again, usually it's pretty clear in somebody's severance agreement mm-hmm. on if it is or isn't um you know i but i think every time i've been part of a layoff there's been sort of a a line in there that um this is non-negotiable it's sort of take it or leave it type of thing
0: when layoffs occur company culture and employee trust is usually fairly low do you have any tips on how to best navigate work and life in a post layoff company
2: landscape so this is like for the people that are still at the company that's a really really good question i think um what I've seen in my experience and also just experience personally is it is good to move on. Um, and I don't mean that, like forget about the people that have been impacted, but um, it's good to focus on what needs to be focused on. Um, and then you can, again, I'm using air quotes, grieve in whatever way that you need to in, in terms of, of the loss that you're experiencing. Um, but I think staying focused and, um, mm-hmm. and still ensuring that you're coming together as a team um, and still ensuring that everybody is aligned with what what you're doing is um, is really important. I think it's easy for um, for someone to not be able to move forward. And um, like you said, how, or the the person who asked the question is, um, it's easy to feel sort of a loss of trust in the company or a lead, you know a leader or a team. Um, and I think that people first have to make that decision for themselves after a layoff occurs. Um, but that happens at any company at any time. Is you really have to ask yourself, am I am I trying to make this company into what I want, or am I here because I believe in this company? And if, if you're only there to make it what you want, I, I find that often you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, when you put the overlay of a layoff on that, I think it it just further says, um, it's important at that point to make a decision of am I in or am I out? Do I still believe in the mission of this company? Do I still love the people I work with? Do I still believe in what I'm here to do? If the answer is yes, Then your role becomes, how do I continue to move forward in the best way possible? And if the answer is no, that's okay, too. Um, You know, everyone's a free, most people are a free agent. You can go look for another role. And if if the company's no longer for you, I think it's okay to be honest with yourself about that Mm -hmm. rather than to live in sort of a negative space and try to force yourself to be part of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have one more question um i think it is such a unique experience for us to have you as someone who is doing some of the layoffs to have you on this podcast and even though you mentioned earlier that you're really good at compartmentalizing at the end of the day you're still you're still human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. matt <laughs> like and i i I hate this question, but I have to ask, like, how, how are you doing?
2: <laughs> All of a sudden I break down into you. No, oh. um, yeah. no, no, no. We, uh,
0: we gave you, we opened up the space yeah. for you to yeah, talk. Thank you.
2: Thank you. No, yeah. um, I'm, I'm doing well. I think um, one of the, one of the reasons why it's, it's tough work because you're, you know, you're doing something where we, everything we've talked about earlier, but one of the things, Anytime I've been been able to be part of a layoff, and I'm not saying that um, everything I have said has gone exactly the way that I had personally wanted it to, but to to try and influence um, how something can go, um, you know, I think is, makes me, that sits well with me, to be able to say that I, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we're thinking, you know, employee first. And knowing that everybody in the room is in agreement with that actually feels really good. Um, I, you know, walking in, I think as someone who is Asian American, who can sit at the table, who can actually represent what it's going to be like for those that are Asian American that are going through this on the other side of the table. I think um, it, it feels good for me to be able to represent that and actually you know, give that as as an experience that's going to be part of this because a lot of companies don't have that, and I think um, mm. I don't think a lot of people appreciate how how it is to grow up Asian, especially if you live in California or the Silicon Valley, um, and you're you know you're not used to it. So I think being able to influence on those things uh, make me feel good, but it's tough. It's really hard there's a lot of sleepless nights, there's a lot of like, okay, what am I going to do today to like refill my cup, right? Mm -hmm. Am I going to go on a hike? Am I going to try to like hang out with friends or laugh really hard at something? Um, And then you kind of flip flop back and forth, right? Because then there's like, the guilt of like, how can I be having fun right now when all this Mm -hmm. stuff is going on, you know? Um, But I always and I say this to everybody that is a peer of mine, um, that it's that, you know, when you go on a flight, right, you and the emergency mask comes down, like, I remember when I was always like, what? what? My parents have to put it on themselves first. Like, but I realized, <laughs> yeah, we are no good to other people if we're not energized, if we're not thinking, mm. thinking straight, if we're not um, able to be at our best to help other people. So I think self care is extremely important. I had to keep reminding myself, like, go for a walk today, Matt, mm. like, get out there and go for a run or a bike ride or something just to get my mind off of it and, and not think about it because otherwise it's just like, it really drains Mm. on you. So, but I'm I'm doing well now. Thank you for asking. I think um, I've been off work for a bit and I have a couple more weeks left. So I think having that space to just, you know, be me Mm. is helpful.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Love that answer and very happy to hear that you are doing well. Thank you so much for sharing all of this.
3: Yeah. I kind of, I hope that, you know, both parties on both sides of the table is able to find time to fill their cups. Thank you so much, Matt, for being here with us today. The knowledge you shared as an HR professional, context around the topic as it pertains to your company and advice to someone in a hiring position will hopefully be helpful to our listeners.
1: Thank you to our community members who took the time to share their questions for this episode. We hope Matt's answers provide some insight and greater peace of mind. We're thinking of all of you who are impacted by the layoffs. Know that we're cheering you on and confident that you'll make it through. If you're seeking community during this time, feel free to check out our uh, Discord community, the ABG Collective. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And
3: last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one.
0: In addition to our main show that releases every Thursday, we now each host mini shows that release on Tuesdays. Tune into
3: K Dreaming with Mel, Living Well with Janet, and Spill the Baby Tea with Helen. Each week we release a new episode of one of the shows right here on the
1: Asian Boss Girl feed. So be sure to tune in to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And with that, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye!